Business Class, a podcast sponsored by the iBear MBA program of the USC Marshall School of Business. Expert insight into the world of business. This is Dick Drobnik. I'm the director of the USC iBear MBA program. This episode of Business Class, we talk with Indra Uno. Indra, who founded TPS Consulting in Indonesia and is a director of the Saratoga investment firm, is an alum of the 2000 iBear MBA program. Indra looks at business with a different perspective as a director, as an educator, and as a social entrepreneur. Indra Uno has a plan for Indonesia. He's taking the business skills he learned from the USC iBear MBA program, experience at multiple multinational corporations, a career as a consultant, and as a board member of one of Indonesia's largest firms, and putting it to work on the front lines of change with the goal of creating millions of new Indonesian entrepreneurs. He's so invested in the new plan that he's even changed his title. Right now, I think a title of socialpreneur is more suited because my majority of my time I spent um, doing social work rather than sitting in a boardroom uh, talking to my uh, CEO and CFO. Socialpreneur? Socialpreneur is just my abbreviation for social entrepreneur. Some write with a dash, but I just do a socialpreneur, just like one word. Indonesia is a big country, somewhat hidden to the West. We asked Indra to give us an insider's look at the country, its economy, and his goals. 136 million are in the productive uh, age, which means they are 17 up, right? So we, we have been, for the longest time, being internally, internally focused. So our market is like domestic market because it's, it's so big. So if you remember the crisis in 98, it brought down uh, many Asian uh, or Southeast Asians uh, countries down. Indonesia was one of the hardest hit, but it recovered solely based on its domestic consumption. Uh, because, for example... I'm just going to mention some numbers here. Uh, we have about almost 63 million businesses, units of business. Now, 62 point something uh, million of unit business are micro entrepreneurs. So we, uh, there are like 98%. 98% of our businesses are micro-entrepreneurs. So the micro-entrepreneurs only, only serve a very small scale of uh, consumer or clients. And they get by and mostly are in food, fashion, and some crafts. Food is about 40%, fashion is about 20%, and 15% is about uh, handicrafts. But all of them are like bought like in a neighborhood. Uh, like everyone is like making something for the neighbor. So that's how, and everyone is like spending on their neighbor. So that's how we got back up uh, from the crisis. And 
10 years later, you, we had another financial crisis, right? A global financial crisis in 2008. We weren't, we weren't, we, I think Indonesia was affected by it. Again, because we have a huge domestic uh, market. Uh, our export are less than our imports, which means we are a net importer. And we are growing in the last five years at the rate of about 5% uh, GDP growth. So 5% for a developed nation, that's big. But for us as an emerging emerging economy, 5% is relatively low, on the lower side. Uh, we used to grow at 7, and then it went down to 6, and then stayed there for a while. And now, we, for the last five years, we are like at 5. Now, with 5% growth, we are still, uh, our unemployment rate is about, Five percent, yeah, five percent of the productive age, which means that's in numbers that that's about seven million people unemployed. Now, Indonesia, as you said, how how does Indonesia economy work? It work uh, mostly on uh, we produce our own, but we don't produce enough. Uh, for example, we don't produce enough of our food, so we import. Uh, some rice from Vietnam, for example, from Thailand, and uh, other food uh, elements from China and India. Uh, we do grow, but it's not enough for us. Uh, you have to have a reserve, right? Uh, the reserve comes from overseas. That's why our imports are, are more than our exports. Now, uh, what I'm doing here is that I see a, a potential gap or problem that the government is is for the last ten years are are not gaining um, success, which means that, for example, the five percent of unemployment is still there. Uh, it's like it doesn't go up, it doesn't go down. It's just there. So. As a, somebody from the private sector, I see that as something that I can contribute, me, my brother, the family, and some of our friends. So that's why we started this uh, entrepreneurship uh, movement or the education, through educations and uh, mentoring and coaching uh, because uh, we want the... The high school graduates, the uh, diploma, and as well as the undergrad, when they come out, they have jobs. Our youth unemployment rate is way much more than 5%. It's like about 15%, 16%. So we think the next generation should be able to be given a lot more access to to educations, to trainings, to mentoring, to through coaching, for them to be able to produce and have uh, income for themselves from their skills. So 
hence uh, the movement for job creation, the social movement for job creations. So I see uh, if we as a nation or as the people of Indonesia, especially the business people, uh, focuses on not uh, growing their business, but mentoring and coaching and being with the young people and saying to them, okay, you can be your own independent uh, income maker, for example. You don't need to depend on somebody giving you jobs. That means that you can survive on your own. The 7 million unemployed can be reduced maybe in 5 to 10 years from now. Uh, we have very ambitious goals, uh, making 2 million new entrepreneurs in the next five years. He defined Indonesia-scale micro-entrepreneurship. Indonesia-scale micro, which means the annual the annual income or the annual sales are less than 50,000 U.S. dollars. We wanted to know what issues he faced in this plan. Now, in Indonesia, there has been a decrease in uh, manufacturing because the manufacturing moved elsewhere, uh, for example, to Vietnam, Myanmar, um, is Myanmar, Cambodia? Yeah, or uh, areas uh, other than Indonesia nearby. So we think um, some of the regulations are not too friendly for investors. Indra knows that a good part of his plan requires the government to change its regulations so it's easier for micro-entrepreneurs to take the first step and start a business. So we've been talking to the government and asking them to to create a better ease of doing business. Uh, we are currently ranked 70-something. Right. Singapore is ranked three or two or one, right? Uh, for example, if you want to start a business, uh, it takes probably a few hours uh, in Singapore. In Indonesia, it takes about 45 days. He wants to create a sea change among young people in the country. Even if you don't have uh, any employee, you're creating one job for yourself, right? So what we ask uh, the young people, uh, come with us, join with us, and join this movement, and we become the generation of job creators, not job seekers. Uh, because y if you're still a generation of job seekers, you you're going to be fighting with the 7 million unemployed right now. We wondered how his background moved him towards this goal of creating a social movement in Indonesia and the benefits he hopes to see. Okay, after Ibear, Ibear sort of helped me uh, shape my, what do you call it, and my new self, right? It, it has a, a, a portion of leadership uh, classes here, and global view of everything, uh, more focused on Asia-Pacific, uh, where I'm coming from. Uh, but it uh, gives me a new perspective on, on business, which means that when you want to grow your business, 
you want to be big. You want to have a lot of people working for you. But at the end of the day, it's it's not for yourself. It's it's not uh, enriching yourself. You want to be enriched not just by profits. You want to be enriched by giving impacts to others. Uh, for example, the Saratoga right now uh, has about 30,000 employees. Uh, it started uh, like as in a garage, uh, so to speak, with three people. And it, it just grew along the line until it became 30,000 plus. Now, okay, where do you go from there? If if you want to like keep growing, maybe you can go to like to 50,000. Maybe you can go to 100,000. But if you start a movement and it influences the right kind of um, regulations, laws, bills that will help a lot of uh, other people, for example, the the unemployed people, then you can create impact not only for your 30,000 employees or 50,000 employees or 100,000 employees, but you create for millions. So at the end of the day, you're just, I'm just seeing numbers. I mean, like numbers on how much you can impact with your wisdom in business uh, on how you create this uh, mo social movement, the social movement has to be sustainable. And to become sustainable, you need business sense. You need uh, business acumen. That means that you need to have enough fundraising. You need to have enough investment in there to make it sustain. Otherwise, it's just uh, very difficult to sustain. And you won't see the impact that you want to see down the road. So, uh First, you want to be big because you want to be big. Second, you said, okay, you want to be big uh, so you can recruit more employees. But it doesn't stop there. What happened to those unemployed? Can you employ all of them? No. So what do you do? You, With your friends, you create a, like movement and give them access to to give access to knowledge, give access to market, give access to permit making, give access to mentoring, coaching, assistantship, business assist assistantships, access to better financials, access to uh, cheaper capital. So if you can have that, you create that ecosystem, then you'll have a lot more impact to a lot of people. And if you say, what's in it for me? It may not be directly uh, go to the your bottom line as as having Saratoga, but it it creates a lot of new bottom lines for a lot of new people, right? And I believe that one day it's gonna go back to you somehow or another. That, uh, for example, those be, uh, previously unemployed become employed, and then they can. Uh, raise their family, they can have better educations, they can ha put food on the table, uh, but they consume more, they buy more, they spend more, right? And then they spend more uh, by products of probably your friends of friends, 
who has that uh, manufacturing company, food or whatever. And then in terms, they get big and they're friends of friends. And then it becomes closer and closer to you. So that's how it goes, like in circle. We asked Indra about his favorite micro-entrepreneur. My favorite micro uh, company or entrepreneur uh, always starts from the kitchen. Because uh, over there, almost everyone can cook. So my favorite micro-entrepreneur always starts from the kitchen, and they grow from ready-made food to eat now, and then they can make food that lasts longer. If the food can last longer, they can put it in a package. If they can put it in a package and then make it good, the packaging, they can distribute it. The longer it can last, they can have better cycle of income. So it always starts from the kitchen, and it's always about food because we never stop eating. Business class, expert insight into the world of business. The host, Dick Drobnik, producer, Pankaj Bhushan, director, Dan Griffin, web developer, Rick Pine, and I am Robin Garthwaite.